0: Good evening, everybody. So, so delighted that you are here. And could we encourage you to come as close as possible? This is our large living room, but uh, here we are together here. Please come so we can feel really close and enjoy the, the family fellowship. We are going to be singing uh, one song to prepare our hearts uh, it would be hymn number 520. Um, it's so marvelous. It's so marvelous to think that we have Jesus in whom we can hide when we have problems, when we don't feel good, when things go wrong. And so 520, he hideth my soul.
1: And this means we're all going to sing. We may be leading out, but we're not the only ones who are going to be singing. So everybody grab a hymnal.
0: Yes, and we are all going to stand up, and we are all going to move closer to the front, right? Thank you.
1: This is the primer for the blessing awaiting us in a few moments.
0: (laughs) Wonderful Savior is
1: Jesus my Lord a wonderful savior to me he hideth my soul in the stay
0: whisper a prayer back to God. Thank you Lord because you hide my soul in the cleft of the rock. You hide my life in the depths of your love. You cover me there with your hand. You cover me there with your hand. So, Lord, I want to thank you that you have brought us here and that you remind us that you are our hiding place, that we can be with you when we are happy, when we are sad, we are in trouble, when we are anxious, when we are fearful, when all manners of evil passions come into our soul like a flood. You are there to fight the good fight. To protect us from the evil one. And to keep us safe and peaceful and still. Oh, how we want to learn that from you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Good evening, everyone. How many angry people we have here? All right, a few hands going up. (laughs) You know... We are going to just touch a few things that can be extremely helpful. And I think that one of the most helpful things is to hear testimonies of people that have overcome anger. And this is something very important because every human being is affected by destructive anger. There is not a person that doesn't have that experience. So, God wants to free us from that, and for that we need to understand what His plans are. But we need to get in touch with the anger that we have. So, I have here a definition of anger that I like, and as you can see, this this one now is uh, from Charles Spielberger. And it says, anger is an emotional state that varies in intensity from a mild irritation to intense fury. I think it's a pretty clear definition, don't you think so? Nobody escapes, because even if you have a mild irritation, that is also anger. We need to deal with it, okay? Now, I wanted to put also here what it says in Ecclesiastes 7.9. He says, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom bosom of fools. Notice that he talks about spirit and anger. So anger can also be spirit. Have you thought about that? Spirit of anger. Certainly not the Holy Spirit. And uh, in order for us to get in touch a little bit with our anger, let me just share with you that uh, I had gone through a period in my life when I was uh, very angry. It didn't start like that in our marriage, but, you know, little things that pile up that I don't like. It keeps on building up inside you, and eventually anger comes out in different forms and shapes. Pretty ugly at times. Very ugly. Even to the point that there was a time in my life when I wanted to divorce Alvin. And God never allowed me to really plan that, but it was there. It was in my heart very, very strongly. So, I really thank God for having helped me to deal with this according to His plans. Because if, if I want to do it on my own, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, you may overcome one or two times and then you go back again to the old ways, And we need to know how God can really eliminate from us those expressions that have so many shapes and forms. So I'd like to help you now. I'd like to take a moment. So we all try to identify the type of anger we have. So let me move again to this next one. Uh, You see a zero and a a ten with a five in the middle. I would like you to identify your level of anger. Zero, almost undetectable. Ten, very dangerous, strong, okay, very powerful. And i like you to choose a number. Everybody choose a number. Now, don't feel, I'm not asking about how you feel right now. I'm I'm asking you to go back to the time that you were the angriest in your life, okay? Because that's the potential in you. The angriest in your life and choose a number. And don't fear to choose high numbers because in some churches, some people even have chosen 50, not only 10, 50. So don't fear choosing high. All right? If that's your case, you have to evaluate. I don't know. You have to evaluate it. Okay. Anybody will raise their hand and give your number? Feel free to do that. Yes? Five. Ten. Ten. 10 10 and off the chart whoa yes 10 8 okay 8 10 10 times 10 yes 10 times 10 you know how many of you are between 8 and 10 raise your hand if you had 8 or 10 okay this is the highest in your life okay I'm not asking today How many of you are between five and seven? Raise your hand. That's the highest in your life. Okay, all right. How many are less than five in all your life? Raise your hand. Okay, there are some of you. Those are the blessed ones. The other mic too. uh.
0: Here in this aspect, René says, identify your level of anger. And do you realize that then he went to hardly undetected? But that doesn't mean that though it's not undetected, you could have a 10. But it's inside. But then he chose something else. I said, why don't you put low and high? And he says, hey, Linda, it's so nice to see you. Um, he says, no, is that that 10 can be very dangerous.
2: How dangerous were you? Me? Yeah. In numbers?
0: No, in reality.
2: <laughs> oh, I was dangerous. I could get very angry. There were some uh, physical expressions, emotional expressions of anger that were very out of place.
0: Did you ever tell me that if you had a gun, you would kill me?
2: I probably did.
0: You did? Uh, I don't
2: remember, but it's OK. I, I trust you.
0: Yeah. Uh, when, when you lost it really, yeah. uh, did you ever push me down the stairs or held me back that I could not breathe and I mm-hmm. would have to beg for life? Mm-hmm. See, that's not a high level. That's a dangerous level. That's way. Of the charts and uh, God has the power even to break that there's nothing that God cannot do it's not easy to live in those relationships and often we respond to that with ugly ways too
2: alright everybody got a number right are you getting in touch with that experience now the next question has to do with the last year the last year. Be honest, okay? I'm not going to ask you to, to say, but uh, in this particular case, it's for you to find out the frequency of your anger. Zero almost never, ten would be almost all the time. There are people that are angry all the time, don't even know why. Okay? So, for yourself now, choose a number. Be honest, because that will help you to deal with that anger. Yeah, you want to say something? Zero now? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Between five and six, somewhere there. Okay, all right. You have a very accurate, honest brain. You wanted a five and a half. Okay, all right. Anybody else would like to say, if you want to say it's fine with me, Yes. Hundred! Oh, boy! What, what do you do when you get angry? Oh! <laughs> you know, uh, when we get angry, we have all kinds of feelings, thoughts. We say words that we may not even mean or remember lo- later on. It's a lot of things that happen when we are angry. Angry that are moved by the spirit of anger which in reality is Satan working in us. You see, he wants to destroy us. So he'll do things in us that we really don't believe or don't want, but under his influence, we can do that. Now, let me move on because we we need to determine some of the things. Um, Do you stay irritable? Do you stay irritable? Let me give you some words here, because you may identify some of these words as something that you frequently experience. Look at this. Grouchy, sensitive, touchy, on edge, unsettled, uneasy, tense, snappish, crabby, grumpy, agitated, aggravated. Any of that applies to you? A lot of those, right? A lot of those. And what do you do when you get angry? What are some of the things that we have done? You already heard about me. What What have you done? Yes. You take it out on other people? Words? How about... How many of you made a hole in the wall? Let's be honest. Okay. All right. All right. See?
0: That's more than an eight, Pastor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many of you had... Uh, Hit the table so hard that something just bounces all over the table there, okay? How about banging the door really hard? Okay. You know, we have to identify those things because and then we become more realistic about our own situations. And if we have done that, the potential to do it is here. And if we don't do it, it's simply because of the grace of God and our relationship with Him. So we need to really learn how God will eliminate those things from our life forever. But we need to be on guard all the time because Satan may want to come back at situations that are difficult or new to us. So let me just ask one or two people here, describe your anger. What are your feelings, your thoughts, your words, and your actions? Maybe you you cannot repeat your words, but anyhow, what you can share, okay? Anybody would like to share something that was extreme? Doesn't mean that was today or yesterday, maybe before you became a Christian, but the potential is there. Yes?
1: Um,
2: back then, I used to be been very suicidal because of it. Um,
1: I was unsettled and kind of snappy. And just because of uh, my a biological dad, and just the things that he was doing and How I felt like
2: I was an outcast to a lot of people. It, it really got me thinking a lot. Anybody felt like him? I imagine a lot of people go through situations like that. Especially, like you're describing, you felt outcast, or you felt not integrated, and wow.
0: Rose and I want to say I'm sorry because I know that by God's grace you are dealing with it in a different way but the pain is still there and we cannot separate ourselves from the pain otherwise we become detached that's a part if we are going to love and to forgive and care our heart is open to experience Uh, the feelings of pain that are very, very hard and that causes a lot of unsettlement so constantly we need to be refreshed every day and moment by moment by the grace of God. Thank you for the courage of sharing.
2: Anybody else would like to share? Just the last person if you feel they can share Yes?
1: I think um,
0: I was very similar to him. I don't have the everything, but, um, I also was very suicidal, and, um, I had very, things that have happened to me in the past, I, um, you know, regret, and also, um, blame myself, um, and I also wanted to, you know, put my car to, to the front edge of the cliff, so I, um, without God, um, You know, if I didn't have God in my life, I would not have been here. So I thank God. God. And we praise God, Christina, that uh, you have allowed yourself to turn to Jesus and ask forgiveness from Him again and again and receive the saving grace of Jesus.
2: Yeah. We have a nice relationship with Christina, and she sings beautiful. I ask her sometimes to sing. She has a beautiful voice, sings very beautiful. Okay, my folks, uh, this is the introduction, okay? We'll go fast. Maybe in the future we can have uh, a whole seminar on this subject. Uh, usually when we have the full seminar, it's about four hours. We do two and two hours. So if you want something like that, we can plan for the future.
0: We can do it on a full Sabbath, you know, sermon in, in the afternoon, if you guys are open to that.
2: And now, Alvi?
0: You're not going to present more than this?
2: No. No, I have more at the okay, end. Okay, go ahead. No, at the end. At the end. No? Okay.
0: Yes. That was not nice.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um one of the things that I try to help people understand and is that we all have the power of choice. Now, I, I, I want you to understand the depth of this concept. I have a quotation here by a psychiatrist. Right here, the psychiatrist Viktor Frankl. Viktor was a Jewish psychiatrist who ended up in the concentration camps, Nazi concentration camps, and he suffered the most incredible tortures you can imagine. And through this particular concept, he was able to remain peaceful to the point that even the guards admire him. It was amazing. He said, the only freedom that cannot be taken away is the freedom of choice. We all choose. Even when you do not choose, you are choosing not to choose. Are you getting the point? So whether you want to choose or not want to choose, you're still choosing. Why not to make the right choices? Is that the point? Can you get it? Making the right choices. And we need to know how to process, how to process all this in our minds and how to make the changes that will help us deal with anger. And specifically, I want to help you focus on certain concepts here. Whenever something happens that makes you angry, that's the stimulus. That's the element that causes you the anger.
1: And And
2: we all can get angry for many different reasons.
0: And, Renee, the stimulus can be just a thought. Yeah. It can be a memory. It can be a connection, an emotional, mental connection, without anything happening at that moment. It could be also an event.
2: It could be what your children are doing. It could be what your wife says or your husband says. And immediately in your mind goes, and you have that stimulus. And according to your habits, that means the way you grew up, you will respond to that. And some people respond with incredible anger right away. Boom, explode. Others keep it inside. And I don't have time to explain. There are so many different types of anger. Okay? Each person has their own style. My, my question
0: is, bottom line, when you feel upset, frustrated, resentful, irritated, you're not happy. Do you feel a change in your body? You can spew it out, you can keep it quiet, but there is something that is changing inside of you. Do you know what that is? You know, the Holy Spirit and God both work the same way. They are opposite spirit, but they work through electrical discharges. They stimulate different hormones in the body. Satan stimulates all the hormones of stress, the, the ones that arouse you up and you feel it like a, like a flood, like the milk is boiling and it's going to go over and you cannot contain it. That's how he works. Jesus, for the contrary, you call on him, the Holy Spirit comes and shuts down all your home and stresses and puts your system in peace.
2: Now, naturally, we grew up in different situations, and there are some people that are more calm because their environment was more peaceful. Others have uh, all kinds of difficult situations that causes them to respond in different ways to to those struggles that they have, to those situations that are uh, anger-producing. Now, remember, the stimulus for each person varies, and we can have hundreds and thousands of different stimulus that will create a response of anger. Okay, And that is an automatic response for most of us, or so for all of us, you know, the automatic response, boom, comes out. Now, here comes a very important point. Once you identify the stimulus, you may be feeling the anger coming up. At that moment, you need to rationally choose something special. You need to put something special, bet- I don't, wh- where, you, where you have the, the arrow, you need to put something there. What do you put? God, yeah, good, but God is wanting you to use your brain. So, at that very moment, you need to put something. What what do you put there? And I'm going to give you three words that help me a lot, okay? I know it's God, but you need to process this in your mind. You need to rationally understand this so you can make the choices, okay? I'm going to put there three words, and the three words are stop, think, and replace. My question is, when you feel the anger coming up, my question is, can you stop Yeah, if you're a Christian, of course you can stop. Christ wants you to stop. But you need to make the choice. You need to connect with God. You need to say, I don't want this. Stop. In other words, don't keep on doing what you usually do, which may be shouting, getting physically violent, disconnecting, going to a room, closing the door, whatever. I don't know what you do. But that response that you do, stop before you do it. Stop it, stop it. Stay quiet there. Can you stop, yes or no?
0: Yes. No. (laughs) I will will tell you something. You can make the reasonable choice or say, I need to stop. But if you have not changed the root of your heart, you cannot stop. When you feel that you are the boss in the house and that you can tell your wife or your children or your husband that they are not doing the things that they should do and you you feel that you have the right to say it, to put them down, to criticize them, you're gonna do it. You're not gonna stop because you are choosing to have a right that Jesus never chose. You're choosing a route that Satan picks up. If you have bitterness in your heart, you can say, Okay, the next time I see this person, I'm going to go and greet them and be nice and all that. You won't be able to because you have root of bitterness and you cannot even look in their face. You have to turn around. You don't want to be seen. You cannot look eye for eye. So you will never be able to stop unless you already process the issues of your heart and confess the roots where the devil enters and explodes. Be it, like you were saying, the deep, the deep pain about your daddy. There is a precious lady in this church. I'm working with her. She grew up as a little girl, and she said, I entered the world mean. And, uh, and so I was mean, and everybody treated me mean. And she developed such a strength of anger. We are trying to deal with the roots of what she has inside. And what breaks my heart is that she got it so twisted because she was treated, instead of receiving love, she was being hurt and abused to the point that when I asked, when you misbehaved, what did you deserve? Now you answer. When you misbehave, what do you deserve? Huh? A spanking? Do you de- deserve to be punished? How many agree that when you misbehave, you deserve to be punished? For God's to love the world. What did God feel? that we deserve and we need. He doesn't look at our behavior. He knows that we need, and our need makes us deserving of his love, which father will punish a child for not knowing how to behave. He says, they need more love. They need more love. And if you need to correct, you correct in love. But if you feel that they gave it to you because you deserve to be punished, what are you going to do with other people? What are you going to do with other people? What are you going to do with your kids? You're going to abuse them because they deserve it. They need to be corrected. They need to be punished. When in truth, everybody needs and deserves what? Love.
2: Uh, with all due respect, I'm going to disagree with my wife. <laughs> you can choose, even if you're not a Christian. These subjects are taught to non-Christians. And they learn to stop. You can go to th- hundreds and thousands of anger management classes, and they don't bring God in that picture, but they do present the need for you to stop. And you can stop. God gave you the reason and power to understand and to make a stop. Yes.
1: Would it be fair to say that, that we can get rid of the fruit, which would be the outward expression of our anger, but only God can dig up the root?
0: That's that's what we need to understand. Everybody, and I heard you saying, "Amen, Joseph." But you see, when you preach doctrines, when you preach stop, change behavior, you are having behavior modification, not heart
2: modification. And I'm not referring to that. And what I would
0: like to say, the balance needs to be: give me your heart. Give me what you have in there, the Lord says, and I'll give you a new heart. And out of the heart comes the issues of life, the anger or the love, the behavior we can all change to a certain extent, but we want to change lives, that from the heart we are transformed by the
2: Spirit. Exactly, and of course, we bring the concept of God also, Okay. But you can stop. You can stop. Don't tell me you cannot because you got a reason and mind and you can make a choice. But, now if you want to really have victory in Christ, you need to bring Christ into the picture. Is that clear? So he has to be part of the process where you think and then replace. Because if you replace it just with your willpower, you will fall again and again in different situations. You cannot replace it with your willpower. You need to replace it with something else. And I'm I'm coming quickly to that because our time is, is flying. Here we go. Oops, not moving. Do I need help? Next one. Replace it with what? That's the question, okay? And then comes, listen carefully. The Bible calls... Anger and other similar emotions, the works of the flesh. Now, do you remember the passage? Should we see it? There are several, but I'm gonna put basically one here, okay? Galatians 5, 19 through 21 begins this form. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, twice, twice there, okay? Fornication and cleanness, and then he goes, notice, all of this is connected to anger. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, we also have heresy and envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like. All of that is the works of the flesh. And then he says, listen carefully to what he goes on. He says, of which I, told you be, I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The key word there is practice. That means you continue without any desire for change. You keep on doing it. It doesn't mean that if you get angry, God will reject you. No, it means that you need to practice. If you practice anger, that's wrong. But if you are getting away from that anger, from that outbursts of wrath or whatever it is, God says, you are my child, I'm helping you, I'm gonna give you victory. And then we can see that according to this, the spirit of anger needs to be replaced by the spirit of God, do, agree? do we agree? For the Christian, this is the solution. Okay, but how do we do that? That's something very important. The spirit of God will give us the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit. Notice that it's one fruit. He doesn't say fruits. He said fruit of the spirit. But he has nine words that describe the fruit of the spirit, and he says like this: the fruit of the spirit is love. Can we say it all together? Love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Again, such there is no law. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, no. Is this something we can do it overnight? No, it takes time. But we can grow in this ability to live a peaceful, loving, tender life. That's what God wants. Some grow faster, some grow a little slower, but we are all children of God. And we need to keep on growing until He comes. Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you. All of those things. That's not a verse. I'm combining verses there, okay? God will give us all that.
0: We were in the Dominican Republic giving a week of family revival. Meetings like this one tonight. And uh, we were going to deal with the issue of anger, how to be free from anger. And the same... uh, what we use for, uh, for anger is for any other negative emotion. The thing needs to be, we need to identify what is in our heart, confess it as sin, and do an exchange, a transaction between spirits. And from the heart will be the change, okay? And so I had been praying all day, uh, pleading with God, because God is not a God that needs years to change a person. The power of the blood of Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he can eradicate, he can give under the burden of repentance and contrition and sorrow and the revelation of the Holy Spirit that convicts us how filthy, how wicked, how miserable, how vengeful, how angry we are, right? We confess it and the Lord says, Good, I forgive you. I cleanse your heart, and I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. And when God does it, it is not a long-drawn way of managing anger forever. And so I was saying, Lord, we need miracles. Miracles that... um, that testified to your power, to the power of the gospel of a Jesus that came and left heaven and became incarnate, and he lived in the spirit and grew in the spirit, and he was always calm. Did you see him frustrated ever? Angry? Never. And some people say, oh, yes, at the temple he was angry. You don't know what that anger was all about. Don't compare it with your anger. Divine anger is totally different. In fact, everybody went away that were sinners, but the little children and those people that were sinners stayed there. So if he was really angry, they would have gone away too. Okay. So I'm praying and praying and say, Lord, do a miracle. For someone, do a miracle. and The the place got full. It was a high society, high class type of uh, people and uh, people from government, etc, etc. And I was sitting praying. Renee was presenting the subject and, and then he comes to this point and, and I said, "How many of you want to be delivered from anger? And that's my question for you tonight. How many of you want to be truly delivered? Let us deal with the roots now. And uh, many hands went up. The thing is that there was a man behind me with two teenagers that when the numbers were going up, 10 and 8 and the level of anger, he said about 10. And I sensed the movement of the spirit that says, he's the one I want to deliver tonight. And uh, so I said, you know, all of us can be delivered if we surrender our heart, if we let God abide in us and the Spirit convict us and spend time with Him. This, the thing is that we come to these seminars and now we are going to work on not becoming angry instead of spending time with Jesus regarding our heart. And He will talk to us. I imagine probably my son has... So much in there, stuffed in from all the years of horrible stuff in our home. God wants to deal with all of that. In me and Renee, in all of you. So I said, sir, I feel impressed by God, I believe, that He wants to deliver you tonight. Would you like to be delivered? I had raised the hand. He said, Yes, I want. I said, Would you be willing to come to the front? And so I said, What is the problem with your anger? What is going on? You see, most of the time we hide. How many of us hide our anger? We don't want anybody to know here in the church. And here is where everybody should know so we can encourage one another and pray for one another that we, as families, and as large family can be delivered. We cannot go on like we have been doing. Jesus is about to come. We talk about, oh, he's coming, he's coming. We need a revival. Well, Are we willing to open the temple and show the dry bones and the yucky bones and talk about it and bring it to Jesus, and humble ourselves? And so now we put the, the guy on the spot, and I said, you know, would you please forgive me, but this is the only way this can happen. What is your problem? And he said, Well, I became a Christian about two years ago, and I have been an angry person. But now I'm angry because my children don't want to come to church. Well oh, wow, the kids are there. And and I insist them for them to get ready on time, and that we need to go. And, and they put the brakes. And I get mad, and I do a lot of stuff. And the kids were disappearing in the seat. They didn't want to be there. And so I said,
2: It teenagers.
0: Yeah, I said, sorry. Uh, would you be willing to come? And I look at the daddy and said, Is it time to ask forgiveness of your kids of what you're doing? And he said, yes. A little bit awkward, but those are the awkward steps that we need to learn to take. And so he goes, and he says, sorry for the way I treated you. Is that a valid apology? Is that a valid apology? No. So I said, let's talk one by one. And I would like to ask you how you have treated them. Have you called them names? Yeah. Um, What names? So begin with one. I'm sorry for becoming angry with you and telling you blank, blank, blank. And I'm sorry for hitting you, and I'm sorry for this, and I'm sorry for that. And now the father is crying, and the son is, he's not going to be touched with those apologies. The girl is melting. He apologizes to her, and she's somewhat soft. And then we ask the gentleman, If he would like to, uh, if he would allow us as a church body to use something that the Bible says, when you are sick, uh, call the elders of the church and have them anoint you. You know, the anointing is about inviting the Holy Spirit to do something in you that you cannot do.
2: They were not members of that church.
0: Would you like, do you think you need a power? And of course, these people, Pentecostals, you know, they knew about the Holy Spirit, but would you like that spirit to come and specifically deal with you in the issues where you need to, yes, I want so. Now many members come and surround the man and there is an anointing and praying and he was back there and, and the man was so thankful. He was crying. And the young boy comes. He was about your age. And he says, Avi, I need to talk with you. And It's okay. Um, you know when you were talking about the things in the heart that we need to, to give to the Lord? Um, I need to give something to God. I said, okay. You know, I like chemistry. I have good grades in school and I have good grades in chemistry. But sometimes when I'm doing the the experiments and all that, a little something enters into me when I think of my father. And I have such an anger and such a rage. And how does he dare And I could punch him. And in fact, I could kill him. So an idea comes that I could mix certain substances and take them home and blow the house and kill the family. This is the reason why I say, you you cannot stop behavior, you have to deal with the heart. And it's the spirit commissioned by God, said, I will not leave you comfortless orphans with those demons that are torturing you and giving you ideas and thoughts of suicide and anger and vengeance and jealousy. I'm sending the comforter to talk to you, to explain things to you, and to dwell in you, Jesus in you. And I said... Do you know how to pray? And he said, yes. Do you, what do you think you need to do with this? I need to confess. Would you like to confess? And with tears, he confessed. I said, now, when you go home tonight, no matter what your daddy did and whatever, Now you are going to ask him forgiveness for wanting to kill him, for being so angry with him. You take responsibility for what is in your heart because Jesus wants to cleanse you and fill you with the Holy Spirit. So I prayed with him and I kept on praying for them. And the next night, Father comes. The two children with brilliant faces, a glow. And the mother comes. And a baby comes. And the mother is crying and hugs me. And she said, praise God, finally. My husband confessed his anger, confess his sins, not only actual, but from the past and root of bitterness in his heart. He was glowing. That woman was glowing. Two days later, it was Friday, and they came and said, we want to be members of this church. We want to be baptized. We were delivered here. The Spirit is here. My folks, isn't that powerful? And the Spirit is everywhere. Um, Caroline, would you come? And share, and share a little bit of where you had been. Um, where were you born? born? How was your home? Go ahead.
3: I was born in Michigan. Um, my home was very violent. My home life was violent. My dad was a raging alcoholic. Um, my mother was a Christian. Um, she was quiet but went back and forth. you know she wasn't a strong Christian, but claimed went to church, but that was it. We My dad, however, knew the Bible, could quote the Bible, could argue with any pastor, but couldn't live it couldn't stop. He couldn't stop. The issues of the
0: heart, remember that. Okay, and so it happens that you grow up in a home where there is violence and you now begin to develop those resentful, resentfulness and hatefulness?
3: And I, I never had a sense of where I belonged, where, you know, the... the um, insistence that we we attend church but then when I come home it was contradictory to what I had just heard so I was always left with who is this God so you wanted to run away from home
0: right yeah how old were you when you got married 18 okay and pretty soon you have a beautiful baby girl four four years later okay and her Mm -hmm. name is Lisa Lisa okay how was that
3: um, worse than what I was trying to get away from. All right, so you divorced. I, was, I
0: divorced. How many years were you S- seven single? Years. Seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. And now you are in Riverside?
3: I'm in Riverside, California. Um, how old are you now? I am 27. And you meet? Ray, my husband um, of 33 years.
0: Okay, and what was it attractive? about him? How is it that you guys bonded?
3: Um, he, se- he was um, fun, charismatic, um, very, he seemed very family-oriented and embraced my daughter. That wasn't really an issue as far as when we were dating, things like that.
0: How was your father? Was he a
3: steady worker? He was a steady worker. Um, that was something new to me.
0: Ray was a steady worker. Ray was, yes. But not your father.
3: Oh, no. So no, no.
0: that was very appealing to you,
3: to have that, a man
0: that was a good provider.
3: That, and to me, that meant take, you know, he was taking care of me in every way. Okay. Now, uh, how old was he? Ray was 21 when and he you went. were? I was 27. Okay, Almost.
0: so he was happy, he was ready. He was fun, he
3: okay. was, you know, we were both in, to, in the world, but um, he was fun and, uh, you know, he seemed intelligent and it was like, why would he want me? Okay.
0: And when you were there, you started going to church together.
3: After we got married, Lisa, my daughter, um, had started going to church with some neighbors, and um, and it was a good, good church. church. It was a good church. What did it Greg Laurie? Um, Greg Laurie. Okay. We started going to to um, uh, his church. Raised embraced, embraced. Was we, we were married by this time. Um, had our first our first child together, and had I had this yearning, and. Um, you know, that was just God working at that time, and things were going well, and then we moved to Bakersfield. So
0: the move was because he wanted to establish his job, business and business, and all of time. that. And yeah. then you have another baby, mm-hmm. and then you go on a cruise or something. Where do you go? We went to Mexico. And uh, who do you meet there?
3: Gary and Corey Hollingson. And? Immediately bonded. And? Corey and I've never stopped talking. <laughs> I know that's hard, but. Um, and, and did they invite you to church? They, um, we spent an entire day together. Um, they invited us that evening for dinner and uh, we exchanged numbers and um, they invited us to church. We started coming, we came through a revelation seminar.
0: What happened at the end of the Revelation Seminar?
3: Um, I got baptized and my husband did not.
0: And sadly, how he was dealt at that moment, like, you already know the truth, you need to be baptized, you know, pushy-pushy, just made him, I'm not ready, I need a process, but you know about the Sabbath, you should be keeping the Sabbath and you should be baptized. Good lesson for all of us, right? Yeah. And, and you're reticent to say it, but you know, we have to admit it. And so he never wanted to come back, really.
3: No, and I continued on because I was on a journey, and I was I was going to do it.
0: Okay, I met you sometime there. You came to visit. You came to ask questions, how to deal with certain mm-hmm. things. Your little ones were small. Times go, goes by. And you come in and go. It wasn't a steady thing here in the church.
3: No, not. um, That was just another battle that um, came into our home and another battle that came between the two of us and a battle it was. And I didn't have the strength or was not enrooted enough with the Lord that I took that battle on. I would occasionally... And then I drift out um, because I just didn't want to fight anymore.
0: Okay, you didn't want to fight anymore. So there were pressures from his side. There were things he wanted to do with him, and Mm -hmm. he didn't care for the church and uh, and all this stuff. So you had this battle, and anger began to escalate. And of course, it was all his fault.
3: Well, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it was really, really his fault, right? Yeah. And what, what? let's see, what was your style of anger?
3: Ooh, I like to hurl my venom. Uh, repeat I, that. I like to hurl venom, and I could do it quite well. In, in our group, you
0: say, let me see, spew, spew, okay? Her venom, Mm -hmm. angry, and words, and criticism, and all of that. So, you did it long enough that you found yourself isolated from your husband and your girls, the two beautiful girls. They became bitter and didn't want to have anything to do with you. No. Okay. And so, one day, Ray talks to you.
3: We had one last fight, and th- he just said, I'm done, I'm out of here, I am not going to live with you anymore. And that was it, he was done. So you
0: packed the in until he had no more feathers, he <laughs> had no more strength. No, I, we had both... Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So I get a call. And uh, she says, I need to talk with you. And you came. And you sit down in the couch. And you started crying. Don't say anything. Who do you suppose she talked about all the time? Ray this, Ray that, Ray this, Ray that, this and that. And Ray was here and she was what?
3: How were you? I was the queen. I mean I say say it again. I was the queen. I had done no wrong. It had to be him. You had sacrificed so much. I was a good mother, I was a delightful wife when I wasn't spewing my venom.
0: Okay, okay. (laughs) So she probably spewed, crying for about an hour. And she says, I don't know what to do. And I had a burst of joy. And I say, the, the last thing she said, can you imagine I gave myself how many years?
3: 33.
0: And everything now is thrown away. And I said, praise God that he's patient and merciful. It has taken him 33 years to get you to this place. Yeah. 33 years. Now we are going to talk about you. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of talking about her, I gave her encouragement. And we went together to Jesus, to behold Jesus, the sweetness of Jesus, how Jesus was calm and sweet, and, and he was loving, and when he was beaten, he didn't open his mouth and when he was reviled he didn't revile and he never said oh my needs are not never met anybody you're not meeting my needs jesus never said that because his needs were met by whom by the father so he didn't have this type of depressions you know and stuff did jesus have needs yeah he said to the disciples What about if you pray with me? I need friendship. You know. So he needed friendship too. But he never became bitter when the disciples went to sleep, didn't pray, denied him. And he even washed the feet. Of whom? Of Judas, right? And so now is the time to learn to wash feet. And to humble ourselves. Now, we need to make it short. You, your, your anger had sped up so much that your mind was very, very busy. Tell me about your mind. Tell us.
3: I reached points where I almost felt like I was demonic. I was, I was so angry, and I couldn't think. I couldn't talk. I mean, you know, I. It was, I was alone in my home. My kids were done with me. My husband was done with me. My daughter was about to give birth to her first child, and I wasn't invited. I had all these things that had piled up, and I'm thinking, how can you do this? I was a good mother. I was this, and I'm that, and I'm... I had not quite come to the end of myself yet.
0: Were you able, at any time... Stop the craziness in your mind? No. So what did you do? You knew you had to stop. I knew I had to stop. And that Jesus
3: was the solution. And Jesus was the solution. Tell us. But I had never, ever had that encounter that was truly with the Lord. And I would pace the halls and I would walk through my home and I'd scream and I'd cry until I didn't think there was any more tears. And I would cry out and I'd beg the Lord, you know, where are you? I can't hear you. I can't feel you. My mind won't stop. And the anger, and I can remember just stomping through the house. And I come to you and you gently guide me and Talked to first time I'd ever heard anything about abiding in me, about the peace. And, you know, this was, I just seemed like it was never going to end. That I was not going to have any and then peace. then wh- how was
0: the breakthrough?
3: One night? One night, I just, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't. Think Satan just had my mind in such a vice, and
0: thank God Ray was not there because he would I have would, had. To he
3: would have had. Well, if I'd had a gun, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know the the and and I was spewing out and I was running through my house and and finally I just got on my knees and I'm crying and screaming out to the Lord and and I the Bible was laying on my bed and I was like. talk to me, I don't understand, you know, I could read, but it it was just words on, in a book, and finally I opened, I calmed down, I felt this peace had kind of just came over me, and so I picked up the Bible, and I opened a verse, and it said, be still, and know I am your God, and I had no idea. The peace just came, and I could start praying, and I could actually, I got back out of bed, got down on my knees, and I'm just praying and crying, and the Lord said, are you ready now? Are you going to hear me? And so I said, "Take, take this journey, because I can't do this anymore by myself.
0: And that happened about three years ago. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And what you started doing, at that time, uh, I was not doing uh, small groups anymore. But there were several situations that were very delicate. And the Lord said, you're going to do it. So you listen to the Lord. I didn't feel that I wanted, I didn't have the strength to do it. But there were a group that were going through significant situations. And the Lord said, you need to disciple them to so they can know me and how I am and how I live and give them encouragement. And so it took a s- certain time. We would mm-hmm. pray and, and give encouragement one another, and you would be peaceful, and then Ray would say something hurtful, and then what?
3: Shoo. And then you had to do what? I'm sorry. I had to humble myself which was totally new to me. I, I mean, I could say I'm sorry, but it, it was always after I had created this chaos and this hurt, and it, but it wasn't really humble. It wasn't from my heart. It was, I just didn't want to go anymore with the we were silence. Saying, we
0: were saying, I'm sorry for the behaviors, but not, yeah. not what I really the...
3: felt, because you still are a jerk. You know, it doesn't change anything, <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Okay. you. know.
0: Do you realize the difference between behavioral change and heart change? The Lord was taking over this woman and uh, Ray moved out, he moved out okay. of town, saying I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to divorce you. So she was living with that threat and what would happen, the losing of the house and all that. Three years later, have you gone through the divorce? No. Uh, Did you sell the house? No. Um, How is the communication between you two? He lives somewhere in another state. You visit once in a while. You talk pretty often.
3: We talk frequently, about once a week. He feels the need to call and it's peaceful we you know it's probably the first time in 30 years that we've been civil on a consistent basis okay okay and so
0: so the the guy that doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know how to bring Jesus into his heart and and help him in all of this is watching this wife being transformed But still, he's scared. He doesn't want to move back. Because what about if it starts all over again? And we are all praying that God completes what he has begun in her and that he redeems Ray. Would you help us pray for him? And uh, for their beautiful family, three daughters, grandchildren, Um, thank you for sharing, stay here. Um, how many of you have issues of the heart that are manifested outwardly or inwardly in irritations, frustrations, derogatory comments, impatience, impatience, uh, an arrogance that says, I wouldn't do that, you know, that queen, um, how many of you would like to go with Jesus in a journey into your heart, Jesus in you, and be delivered to and healed? Would you like to come? and We make a family group, would you? And what we'll do is we will not only come together, but we'll pray in little groups. Because I believe we need to bring these things to the Lord, that we all have this opportunity. And um, come, come. Feel free. Don't be ashamed. Like our precious brother in the Dominican Republic and hundreds of others that have been put on this path because the Lord wanted to set them free. Come. And let's ask Jesus to deliver us. Yes. Uh, another, another precious testimony, living testimony without, without words tonight, is the presence of Nicky Peterson here. That uh, continually is dealing with issues of pain that could pick up root of bitterness and discouragement, and anger, and wanting to (coughs) kill them. (laughs) How do you feel tonight? Peaceful?
2: Did you hear it? She said peaceful. else? Hopeful? Praise God. She
0: lives in the light and walks in the light with a pure, clean heart. That's the victory of Jesus. And those things are learned through the fire. So let us turn around to the two or three that we have. And if we have to confess anything to a spouse or to a friend or someone and uh, Then we can pray for each other, and uh, um, we can go from here to ask forgiveness to others, like that young boy went to ask forgiveness of the Father. So let us pray, and then we'll have a prayer all together before we depart. Thank you so much for being here. I know it has gone a little bit longer. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I didn't see you. Um... We pray that the Holy Spirit has ministered to you in a very special way. Remember that to be an overcomer, you need to present yourself to the Lord as the Lord search my heart and reveal what is in there. And it takes courage to get there. It takes a lot of courage. Tonight, we would like to give you, for those that don't have the incredible power of prayer by Roger Morneau as a gift. Um, and also a handout with verses from the Bible dealing with anger. Many times it's just, don't be angry. But then you say, oh, duh, I know I must not be angry, but how do I do it? Remember, there is power in the blood of Jesus. And if you open your heart, he's there through the Spirit to set you free, to transform you from the heart out. Abide in me and I in you. Through the Spirit, and the Spirit produces the fruits we don't. Don't work at producing calmness and peacefulness and and being still And inside you could kill. Just confess, be cleansed, be filled to the brim. From glory to glory until the fullness of God is in you and affects others and share with others. And if anybody would like to personally uh, affirm Caroline, or in the future you may say, Caroline, I I need some encouragement, how did you do it to help me? Um, You know, God said, encourage one another. Last night, um, Brother Joseph was saying, people come to me and ask counsel and help and this and that. We are supposed to exhort, help, encourage, and pray for each other. It It is so powerful because in isolation, usually the devil has us. Okay? And God took the initiative, went to the Garden of Eden, and said, what happened, guys? There you are fighting already. Whose fault is it, huh? Let's talk about it. And so... Let's
2: have a prayer to close. Before we have the prayer, I'd like to remind you that uh, this coming Thursday, we'll be again sharing with Albie here about forgiveness. Very, very important subject. Okay? Uh, So, invite others to come too. We can all be blessed. And then tomorrow night uh, there is going to be a super special presentation
0: Let me say, a nugget. It was in 2002, my husband had returned. He was beginning to shed the habits of anger, and he was coming uh, desiring to be a faithful husband. And so he apologized, humbled himself before the whole church here in Central, asking forgiveness of the church, of the family, and uh, of the children for his unfaithfulness. He was rebaptized, and we had a new covenant. It was not a regular marriage, you know? We say, yes, I promise I'll do this, do that, and we don't keep the, the vows. And I understood that if it wasn't a covenant made by the blood of Jesus in the Holy Spirit, they had to do it. And so, we were very tender, and we are still healing. But anyhow, the church did a little reception, and after the ceremony, we went to the reception, and, and a member of the church brought his wife back into the church because he was touched and felt that he needed to confess to his wife some things. Tomorrow night, John and Elizabeth Gregg are going to share their testimony. Amazing, powerful. You know, many things are being shared in the context of marriage, but the same principle applies to any relationship. So God bless you, and we hope you're here and you bring many other people. Come to bless, and be blessed.
2: Father, as we close this moment with you, Lord, and with each other, we ask that your Holy Spirit will go with us, not just with us, but inside us, Lord, guiding our thoughts, our feelings, our words, our attitudes, and our actions, So we may really and truly honor and glorify your name.
0: Dear Lord, again, we hear your voice saying, give me your heart. And also I want to thank you that you promise that you will take the heart of stone, that you will destroy all our idols, that you will cleanse us from all our filthiness, that you will give us a new heart and a new spirit. Lord, thank you, thank you for dying to make it possible. And thank you that you didn't leave us alone. You have given us your spirit and with him and in him. You, Jesus, and you, Father, come to abide in us. Oh, we long. We long for the fullness. And we thank you. And may we from now on be full of courage and hope and look at each other with love, recognizing Jesus in each other, regardless. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. God bless you and have a good night.